Don't let a DUI charge ruin your life. Get a professional and confidential evaluation from our experienced team at True Heights Treatment. Our evaluations are accepted by the majority of courts in the state of Illinois and provide a comprehensive assessment of your substance use patterns and potential treatment needs. Get the help you need today and start your path to a brighter future. Contact us now to schedule your evaluation at 708-248-7039 or at thtdui.com. The George Brassy Podcast is made possible with funding provided from Brassy Global Strategies, LLC, a leading political consulting, public policy, government affairs, and research firm. Are you interested in running for elected office? Need advice? Call or email George, 708-769-5015. Brassy Global Strategies 1 at gmail.com. It's George. I'm so glad to welcome my colleague, Alderman of the Fifth Ward in the city of DeKalb, Scott McAdams, to the podcast. Alderman McAdams, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm great. Alderman McAdams, can you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and what led you to running for Alderman in the city of DeKalb? It's a funny story. Yeah. Um, I was a campaign operative and I used to help campaigns uh, serving as uh, anywhere from a, a, an on-site canvasser to a campaign manager. And I was invited to work for the J.B. Pritzker campaign in 2018 as the executive director of the DeKalb County Blue Wave Project. And I was really excited to do that. And I really had a good time. Uh, I've never worked for a candidate who kept all his promises and did everything he said he was going to do in the campaign, which was a nice change of pace. Um, and as the campaign wound down and after we had won, um, I got word from my supervisor's supervisor, who directly answered to J.B. Pritzker himself, that they wanted me to stay on and to help organize the municipal elections in 2019. And I agreed to do that. And uh, I started working for the Democratic Party of DeKalb County at that point. And then uh, we started recruiting candidates for uh, alderman, and I couldn't find anyone to run in the fifth ward where I lived. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to put my name on the ballot. I'm going to run an honorable campaign. I'm going to get some name recognition and some practice running, and it'll make me a better campaign operative because I'll know what it's like to be a candidate. So I signed up to run for alderman. No one ran against me. I had a, um, my opponent was an incumbent woman who was very popular and very established in the community. And I didn't think I had much of a shot of beating her, being an outsider, being unknown. And it's local politics, and they really need to know who you are. But I ran anyway, and I ran, uh, ran an honorable campaign and started knocking on doors and started doing the stuff that people normally do when they run for office. And I got a message in my inbox from one of my supporters that said, your opponent has dropped out of the race. And at that moment, I kind of gasped and was a little concerned because I wasn't intending to be the alderman. I was intending to run and to, to gain election experience. So I asked my now ex-opponent to sit down and have a cup of coffee with me. And we got together at a local coffee shop in the ward. And uh, we, I said, what happened? And she said, well, first of all, I thought you were my friend. And I said, I'm very sorry. I, I had no intention of 
of, of challenging you or making your life difficult. I just think it's important that we run candidates. And it's, I, I said, we're still friends as far as I'm concerned. And she said, okay, that's fine. She said, um, there's a lot of bullies who pick on the city council and the mayor and local officials. And I'm just tired of them. And my husband, he's ill. And I'd rather spend these last few years with my husband. It sounds like you can handle it. And so I decided that you could be the alderman. And so I won the election a couple of weeks later and made, a, made up my mind to give it my best effort. And so uh, one of the first meetings I had with the economic development folks in town was that uh, Facebook was looking to put a data center into Calb, and they wanted my help. And I said, I will fall on my sword to do that because I understand that economic development uh, would change to Calb's ability to attract bigger business, um, uh, our ability to cut taxes. There were a lot of benefits to bringing a data center to Illinois, especially in DeKalb. And so I, they said, find a way to distract these bullies. And so I started engaging with the bullies and I found that I got to know them pretty well. I got to understand what made them tick. And I was able to keep them distracted while we passed the data center. And now we are looking at six to $12 million in local tax revenue to the taxing bodies for the next 20 years, all things considered, and if everything stays the same. And it was definitely worth to do that. Although now I still, I'm running for re-election. The bullies have re-emerged and have, are making their best effort to try and make my re-election challenging. So, um, but uh, I consider myself the accidental alderman of DeKalb. I grew up on the south side of Chicago. I went to school at Illinois State, not Northern Illinois University. And I only chose Northern Illinois Un University a few years ago because it's close to where my son lives and he enjoys collegiate sports. And NIU sports give us an opportunity to spend time bonding together. But here I am and here we are. And uh, we're looking at greater economic development in the future. So I'm sticking around to make sure that that happens. Uh, Alderman McAdams, is DeKalb have a large portion of Republicans? So they used to. Um, it used to be red. And in the last 10 to 15 years, it started getting purple and it's turned blue. Um, Barack Obama in 2004 got more votes in DeKalb County for Illinois senator than George Bush got for his reelection campaign. So it is a pretty blue county, but it's been traditionally red and the, the folks that are Democrats kind of feel bullied and oppressed so they keep it quiet and they do things on on you know hush hush um there's not a lot of open discussion about being a democrat because i think they've been um, kind of pushed to be quiet about it Adams, how do you end up with such a huge facebook following so um in 2017 when donald trump won his election i had a medical issue and i was off work for a while and the only thing i had to do all day was facebook and with Donald Trump taking position in the White House, I thought it might be better to use my Facebook for political reasons than personal reasons. So I began to investigate what, how the uh, algorithm works, what people, um, what people do to, to grow their audiences. And I slowly began chipping away, building the audience so that I could share Trump memes, essentially and kind of have a, have a little bit of fun with it. I, everyone was very upset, as you can remember, 
back in 2017 when Donald Trump took over, everybody who voted for Hillary Clinton was mortified. And I found that humor was the best way to kind of deal with the uh, having to address a president we didn't like with policies we didn't like and uh, activities and behaviors we certainly didn't like. And it was relentless day in and day out. And so it was nice to have uh, a way to give people some sort of control over it, some sort of feeling that they weren't feeling so powerless. Um, and then um, once I became alderman, I sent friend requests to everybody in the ward that I know of and uh, started interacting with them more often, which made my name appear in other people's pages and gave them the idea to come over to me. And I have a bunch of groups on Facebook. And so if I find that uh, we're Facebook friends and I see something in the, uh, the timeline that fits one of my groups, I'll share it to my group and I'll invite you to the group. And so I've been building my groups the same way I built my personal following. Alderman McAdams, what type of policies do you want to see happen on the city council in DeKalb? So I want to just keep the momentum going. Uh, we have seven people with very diverse uh, ideologies and perspectives, but we all agree that economic growth is good for DeKalb. And so while we, we might argue over backyard chickens or uh, the proliferation of gambling devices in, in the neighborhoods, uh, we all agree that it more economic development we have, the uh, better chance we have for lowering the tax burden on the taxpayers, which is what every single person on that board wants to do, because that's what we hear about most. I would crime and taxes are my top two issues that I hear about. Scott, what do you? How do you manage that uh, as far as crime? Because you know there's a lot of right wing people who have very mistaken views about crime. Sure, sure. Are always quick to share. So How do you funny, you should, that? yeah, it's funny you should mention that because um, just recently I was speaking to a woman in town who indicated that she's been in town for almost 60 years and that uh, she doesn't like the direction that the city's going in because it doesn't remind her of the old Cal. And then she said something very interesting. She said, you know, all those section eights living over there on the west side. And then she said, do you know what I mean when I say section eights? And I said, well, yeah, Section 8 is a federal housing program, but you're using it as a dog whistle for black people. And uh, there's a lot of people in town who think that uh, black people equates with crime. Uh, they over-exaggerate the crime that we have here, which is not what Chicago is dealing with. It's not what our friends to the east have to cope with. Um, we don't have uh, regular carjackings here. We don't have murders. We don't have rapes. Uh, we do have crime. Uh, anytime you have 40,000 people in a small area and, and a university, you'll have a microcosm of all of society's positives and negatives, and that includes crime. But we have, we're have we making efforts to renovate and uh, rejuvenate the area that, uh, that in the west side that really needs uh, some help. The Annie Glidden North group, there's, they've been working for 10 years before I got here to come up with plans to rejuvenate the neighborhood. And we'll be listening to RFPs in the next couple of weeks on ideas and things to do with a large uh, piece of property that the city has acquired uh, with the hopes of, of um, selling it in a way that uh, rejuvenates the neighborhood. Alderman McAdams, what role does Northern Illinois University play in the local economy? So it, they produce about $60 million worth of uh, goods and services. And it really does make a huge difference in um, whether DeKalb is a small town in Iowa or 
a moderate city in Illinois. Um, and lately we've been working together with the city. There was always a, a town versus gown dispute uh, where everyone, you were either a townie or you were either for the university. We're changing that. We don't want that to happen. We want everyone to understand that NIU is part of the community and that we absolutely want to work with them. Uh, we have a great uh, president of NIU, Lisa Freeman, who's been super cooperative and super helpful with our work. And she's worked with both uh, the mayor before, uh, Jerry Smith, and then the current mayor uh, to, to really kind of br bridge that gap and the, to make one DeKalb. Alderman McAdams, were you a resident of DeKalb when the shooting occurred at Northern Illinois University? I was not. I was uh, sick home from work. I was living in Kirkland, Illinois, just north of here. And uh, I had taken a long nap and I had woken up, turned on my television, and they were talking about a, a shooting. And they were saying NIU, but I was it wasn't registering in my mind that it was DeKalb. And then I was shocked when I found out that it was DeKalb because I was only... 20 minutes away and this that's not a normal thing out here so it was very very unpleasant and very shocking and we're still 15 years later kind of dealing with the the uh, after effects of that i think a lot of our anti-crime concerns uh, stem from the trauma of that day in february of 2008 how would you describe your relationship with the mayor of Dakota? oh we're getting along good um I was warned that I wouldn't like him, but I like him immensely. And even though we may not agree on everything, I think he's really done a good job of bringing the city together, of addressing the issues that have been neglected for a while, and of having a good approach to how he handles his job. And so I've been very pleased with everything that he's done, and I'm happy to support him. What do you think some of the biggest challenges facing DeKalb will be in the future? I think uh, we're going to just want to continue the, the progress that we've made in modernizing. Uh, we're modernizing our downtown. We've renovated the main street so that it's a, a lot safer. And I think uh, the biggest challenge at this point will be uh, drawing people to DeKalb to see the wonderful amenities that we have to offer and then continue to try and uh, recruit people to move here. Uh, one of the things that I can absolutely um, accept is that we just don't have people moving to DeKalb uh, the way you normally would. And so that's gonna be something we're gonna focus on uh, going forward. Make that pitch, why should they move there? Oh, it's a great town. So I used to live on the south side of Chicago and DeKalb today reminds me of my childhood home. Um, neighborhoods, uh, parks, churches, uh, all these groups to working together, everybody knows each other. Everybody works together for the same common goals. Um, and it, everything that was good about the place I grew up in is good about DeKalb. Um, everyone takes great pride in their city. Everyone wants to see us succeed. And it really is a great place. I, even if I weren't the alderman, I would recommend moving here because it has something. Alderman McAdams, our last question is always, what are two books that have been important to you as a person and why? So you question was coming and I literally spent days trying to think of what trying to pare it down to two books I'm going to say my first book that that has an impact on me is uh, any one of the books that are sitting on my to be read pile which is continuous and perpetual um, but honestly when I was a kid 
the book that probably had the greatest impact on me was Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And it was his account of his life in uh, Nazi Germany and the Holocaust. He spent years at Auschwitz and he survived the war. And his viewpoint, uh, he was a psychologist before the war. And his viewpoint was largely shaped by um, his experiences in psychology and then um, experiencing the Holocaust as a psychologist. Uh, he, came, he emerged from the Holocaust with a new idea um, on oh, how people work and their behavior. And um, he introduced the idea of um, the will to uh, have meaning in your life and to have something that you focus on, regardless of the circumstances around you, that gives you hope and meaning, and then trying to achieve that, like when after he left uh, Auschwitz and after he was uh, liberated, he went back into the world of psychology and brought about a new viewpoint on, on how, uh, how to handle your problems. Uh, so I, when I was a kid, I was fascinated and mortified by the, the entire Holocaust. And I wanted to understand it. And I think that book brought me closer to the experience than any other book. There's a lot of books out there uh, with experiences on, uh, the, uh, you know, my experience in the Holocaust. Lots of survivors wrote books. But his book gave me insight into life and into how to address things. So if the, the, the thing that I took away from it when I was younger is no matter your circumstances, you can find um, joy in the moment and to look for joy in the moment and to find something good to focus on when things are bad. And I find that, that his, his uh, ideology or his philosophy on psychology is it's largely my, my ideas because that's how I handle it. You know, when things go wrong, you just look for something good to focus on. You stay on the path and you make sure that you do what you need to do to accomplish what gives you meaning in your life. And in the end, it all seems to work out. So there was that one. And then there was also a Beatles book called The Love You Make by Peter Brown. And he was an insider inside the Beatles. And his book gave me tremendous insight into the songs and albums that I was already in love with. And so he really kind of brought the Beatles story to life for me. So one of them was a, a big issue and one of them was a personal issue. But those are the two books. What is your favorite Beatles song? All Time, Gotta Be Blackbird. It's a good um, one. Yeah, it's, well, everyone loves it. And it's a political song. And um, the, the lyrics speak to all of us about taking broken wings and learning to fly and, and having hope in times of darkness. And it's it, it really just a beautiful... He's a, Paul McCartney's a beautiful songwriter. And the Beatles are amazing musicians. And that's got to be one of my favorites. Scott, you're back up for re-election uh, this April. Tell the audience a little bit about how they can get a hold of you, how they can follow the campaign. So the, the easiest way is that I have a group on Facebook called uh, Scott McAdams for Fifth Ward Alderman. And then we're discussing issues in the current campaign. But uh, Scott R. McAdams is my personal page, and uh, you're welcome to follow it. I post largely comedic memes, but there is some politics on there, not so much. And I often give uh, links to news stories and to interesting things that I find that kind of help everybody to, to deal with the modern politics. Alderman Scott McAdams, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's been my pleasure. Thank you very much.
help George stay on the Chicago Heights City Council. Go and donate today at tinyurl.com slash aldermangeorge2023. Begin to transform your life and work towards inner peace with expert psychotherapy. At True Heights Treatment, our experienced therapists provide personalized, compassionate care to help you overcome life's challenges and reach your goals. Whether you're struggling with depression, anxiety, relationship issues, or other mental health concerns, our team is here to support you. With a warm and welcoming in-person and virtual office atmosphere and a commitment to person-centered and evidence-based treatments, we are dedicated to helping you address your life's challenges. Contact us now to schedule your first session at 708-248-7039 or online at trueheightstx.com. Book your appointment today and start your journey towards a happier, healthier life. Need more George? Like his pages on Facebook. Friends of George Brassy PAC? Fifth Ward Business Alliance, Chicago Heights Bicycle and Pedestrian Resource Center, and the George Brassy Podcast.